are listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking all about the Enneagram and the diagnostic measures that correspond to it. A lot of people understand the Enneagram and their strengths and their wings and their arrows and all of that good stuff, but sometimes we have additional needs, and that's really important for the Enneagram community to be aware of, especially since it's become such a big part of pop culture. I know I first did all my training on mental health disorders. And that's really an important foundation that I got so that I could differentiate if somebody has a mental health disorder on top of an Enneagram issue that they're dealing with, as well as help people with just Enneagram stuff. And one of my professors would call this group normal phrenics, people who are dealing with just terminology that's like, hey, I'm dealing with my difficult stress arrow here. But there's even something a little bit that some may say that's a little insulting. And so we're really going to remember person first language with all things that even if we're a quote unquote bipolar, or if we're somebody who's ADHD, or if we're an eight, that we're first a person because that's the most honoring. And before we get started on going through which types correspond with which diagnostics, I know everybody wants to know that. I also want to make a few claims. One is don't get upset if you feel like, oh no, I hit something that I didn't realize. Now I have this. I don't want you to put that on. It's kind of the medical student or the psychology students 101 issues like, oh my gosh, every single thing I'm reading about, I definitely have it. So be careful to really what you're going to do in your litmus test that I'm going to give you is better. And that's going to be if your route is working for you, but you're still stressed sometimes, then so be it. Keep going on your route. It's working. You're still learning and growing. But if you're like, I'm actually really having a lot of suicidal ideation. I'm having so many difficulties in my life where I'm raging out of control, or I'm dealing with such attention difficulties that I can't manage, or I'm dealing with anxiety that is absolutely unparalleled. I've never felt it like this before. Then I want you to listen in extra hard because this will be extra beneficial to you where you may say, okay, I am leaving this podcast with a little bit more information so that I can take it to websites and my doctor. And I do want to let you know the places and people you're going to be taking this to, if this is you, is you're going to be talking to, I hope, a therapist. If you want to keep online, you can use Talkspace.com or you can go and visit your doctor. They're very equipped for all of the screenings. They should be doing these all the times. I know my husband is having a lot more with COVID now and all of our CDC information we shared at the other podcast for this week reminds you of that as well, that we are really seeing huge increases. I've literally gone to the research four times so far because I'm like, I cannot believe the massive amounts of increase of anxiety and depression this time because of COVID since a year ago. It's just magnified three to four times as much in many cases, especially for the Black Latino and also helper the mandated helpers, especially categories, people are just feeling extra frustrated right now, extra depressive, extra anxious. So make sure to send lots of love to your people and to listen in hard. I also want to make sure that you are really aware of the hotlines that are right there for you. And I feel like today's world being such texters that things had to change and shift so that the texters out there could get their help too. And I will tell you the text line, you can text to the word home to 741741. It's a free 24-7 crisis line. So I want you to have that guy 
guys, make sure you take that time to send a text to somebody there who can help you through this difficult season. And I've got my doggy here with me. He's saying he's having mental health issues today too, Oreo, because we have rain going out and he's happy I'm at home doing podcasting now, but he's sad that it's raining. So sometimes even weather will affect us and our pets too. So you need to make sure that you are really looking at all angles. Look at as many angles as you can, and that way you can get the very best help. And sometimes you might love those Ollie over-the-counter vitamins that I love, O-L-L-Y. And my husband says those are really good too, but sometimes you might need something a little deeper. And that's why my husband, frankly, has work because he does that kind of thing. And I do the other end of things for people who are like, well, maybe I take meds or maybe I don't but I really just want to make sure I'm the healthiest I can. And so there's helpers in all different regions. There's also hospitals and you don't have to be as afraid of the hospitals as we once did, of course, when we didn't understand mental health and our world was sadly putting people in insane asylums. And as I finished Jane Eyre last week, I was sad that she was, you know, there was a character who was just locked away. And I was like, what happened to her mental health rights? Why isn't she considered a person? But we've come a long way. And yet I've even recently heard from people that it's still just as difficult as ever in the mental health wards. So remember, it's a revolving door. They don't keep you there for long times anymore. It is a revolving door. So you're going to get out quickly if you do end up in there. But what we want most of all is your long-term success, your long-term health. So sometimes you have to do something first that you don't like as much, but really you're saving your life. I mean, would you rather get a speeding ticket or get in a car crash. It's the same thing here. Like, would you rather be temporarily stopped with some side effects and having to titrate meds, having to deal with the annoyance of insurance companies and deductibles, or would you rather really be on your back, can't get up? So if you need the very basic help, I'm going to give a couple more lines. And the next one is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 8255. Again, that's 800-273-TALK. And make sure if you're feeling suicidal ideation that you just call. They're there for you and they want to help you and they're 24-7. If you're having domestic violence, you can call 1-800-799-7233 or text LOVEIS to 22522. That number to text for domestic violence is 22522. I also want you to have one more important one, and that is for elder care, because a lot of times people think about child abuse, but they forget that elders are out there and they need care as well. And that's 800-677-1116. So if you're listening and you want to help an older person in your life, then you can call that number to get some help. But there's so many more for National Child Abuse Hotline and Veterans Crisis Line. So make sure that you're taking advantage of not only these resources, but also mayoclinic.org so that you can get just the information you need as we're processing through which of these mental health disorders correspond with which of the Enneagram types. And in my research with you guys, you guys told me, I'm going to go briefly through the types with you. You told me that as ones you were experiencing, it's such variety, by the way, guys, that that's why we're going to go first through this part pretty quickly. You, you guys said that we're ones anxiety, people pleasing, adjustment disorder, which is a mild level of anxiety and depression that can feel difficult, but really it's situational and it's usually temporary. Depression and deep anxiety, another person said, um, 
moody PMS. A lot of people said that postpartum issues. I've seen that with a lot of ones. People said they felt imposter syndrome, GAD, which is generalized anxiety disorder. People that were ones sometimes felt PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Others said more about manic depressive disorder. And you can right here already see before we hit any of the other types that A, ones do their jobs. They are going to be the ones to get the help. I know somebody who I know who is a one went to Mayo Clinic one time and they said all the people here are overachievers in one types because they're the ones to seek out help. And that's probably why I've had an abundance of ones in my practice as well. That being said, you know, there's not just OCD, which is what when, when we go through type by type, you'll see this is the classic one. Everyone's like, oh, ones are OCD. And it's like, well, that's my husband's guess too. He knew right away, but it was just no, there's so much more. And when he struggled with things, honestly, it hasn't been OCD. So it just goes to show you that we can stereotype even our mental health disorders. So don't do that. Person first language. Also for twos, you guys talked about lashing out when criticized, feeling burnt out, feeling like you guys would manipulate, anxious, anxiety, GAD, again, dysthymia, which is a mild depression, and mood disorder, and depression C after abuse, which we know a lot of twos suffer from abuse sometimes. So it's really important that you guys take care of yourself and listen to the domestic abuse hotline if you really have that issue and you really need to take that somewhere fast. Threes, I didn't hear from as many of you yet. I have worked with a lot of threes who do have anxiety, but not being in touch with their feelings sometimes and not wanting to be vulnerable, it's something that they really don't tell you until they really develop a deep personal trust because obviously the most vulnerable thing you can do is share mental health issues. So we'll talk about what threes struggle with the most when we go through type by type. Fours, we're also talking about depression. That was no surprise to anybody. We already know fours consider themselves the melancholic sometimes, and they're guilty at times. This one says I'm guilty with um, my family member or when I go to my one space. Um, another says depression. Another says anxiety. So it's so important that you guys make sure you get your mental health care as fours because you can have, as Ian Cron says on his show, sometimes addictions as well. But we'll talk about every type can have addictions. The fives that I surveyed said that you guys are most struggling with situational anxiety. I got a lot of just straight up anxiety, 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 shame, depression, ADD, depression, anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder. So this is a group that I'm not surprised with that you guys are struggling with your anxious thoughts. This is because you're in the anxiety and thought triad. So we know that you guys are working on that already. And we'll talk later about whether that's something you want to go get extra help for. Thank you so much for your tuning in on telling us what you're struggling with. And then sixes were also not surprised, but still anxiety several times over, some of them saying generalized anxiety disorder and postpartum issues. And some of them said severe anxiety. So there's a difference because to be human and to be alive is to be anxious, but to be able to say it's no, it's big, it's more severe. There's, there's many other things going on sometimes. Sevens, you guys also being the anxiety triad said not only anxiety, but ADD or ADHD. And I didn't hear from as many sevens, but I also know that sevens may not be in touch with things. So we're going to talk about lots of different things sevens can struggle with in a few minutes. Eights was eights were very vibrant here in this conversation and varietyed with anxiety, anxiety, going places, insecurity. Eights said that they had anxiety and ADHD. And they were also not as vulnerable just yet. And we know this about eights sometimes. So we'll talk a lot about eights. There's a lot to say about all of these types. And then nines, my interviews with you guys, you said 
lots of anxiety. You guys were really responsive anxiety, going places, insecurity and sadness, anxiety always in your body, generalized anxiety disorder, dysthymia, GAD, anorexia, depression, COVID itself, just getting you and making you feel depressed and depression. So large variety guys within all of these types and we're breaking stereotypes down right away. And I felt like that was important to do before we settled on into these more commonly seen issues because you might say, oh, this is already known and seen and I'm not going to listen to the rest of the episode because I've got what I need. So I'm like, no, I have to make sure that everybody knows that there's a huge variety. And I also heard from people who said, hey, we struggle with things that are also considered mental health issues like autism and the spectrum of autism and Asperger's and my son's Aspie or my son's autistic and this has affected me. And so we know it's complex and it's not always about your Enneagram type. You may have seen somebody say, I'm an eight, but it took me a long time to figure it out because I have anxiety. So there's just so many routes that we take within our personality type. And that's why we always say, what is the core issue and the core fear of your Enneagram type? Because you can still have mental health disorder symptoms as well as be a completely different type. So just understand that and understand now that I am going to go through some of the basic, the most common Enneagram type issues for diagnostics, I want you to understand you may have a different route from the next person. And when some people say like, oh, I don't like tri-type theory or wings or any of that. Sometimes they say, well, it's just so helpful in this way. Not everyone needs it, but sometimes it's helpful to have these multi-layered approaches because you're like, oh, well, my neighbor is also a five wing six, but we're nothing alike. And it's like, well, you might be from different ages, culture, demographics. You might also have different subtypes. You may be very much a straight five with some relationship to one and three, making you very clinical. Well, your neighbor may be somebody who's a five, a two, as well as an eight, and they're very vibrant. And so you're like, I didn't even know they were a five wing six. So it's really important that you give each other grace and understand people's presentations are so different. And the Enneagram is just one way of scientifically trying to get everybody to understand our routes and our treatment plans. And so there are many routes, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, it was the biggest one out there right now in the psychological community, frankly, blows the Enneagram out of the water in terms of how much people use it because it's not only used by psychologists, but psychiatrists, medical professionals. There's a language that you guys probably in the field are very familiar with, like anxiety disorder, not otherwise specified 300.0, that somebody else is going to say, what's this? And a 90847 for a family conjoint session. There are all these codes that you need amongst the disciplines because medical billers take whole classes on this and they need to use this. But it's frankly also helpful in terms of finding treatment plans and routes. And the people who created the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual are volunteers from all over the world. So I'll try to share some things about this over the next couple weeks during this October Mental Health Awareness Month. But I wanted to give you the awareness that this is a big community of people who have been working in this field for a long time. And it's very helpful for us as we try to get healthy as a group here. So I felt like it was the right timing to share this, especially even my heart was tugging at me, my seven heart during Sweetest Day weekend this weekend. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to do Sweetest Day. But I'm like, you know what? It's World Mental Health Awareness Week. 
and it's the month for this. And this is frankly more important than sweetest day. Yes, you heard me say it right here, but I hope you have a happy sweetest day. I hope you get a chance to have a date night. Now let's get in on these different nine personalities that correspond with different mental health struggles. So Enneagram ones can struggle with OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. In addition to what we already heard, there's a lot of ones that say I have PMDD and my anger is out of control because I had a baby for postpartum. So make sure you check out your um, your menstrual cycles. And if you've just had a baby, that you check out whether you may have some postpartum going on with the anger and the rage that you're feeling that's maybe at a new and more intense level. But the classic one struggle, like I said, is OCD. So what is OCD? Because that's the one that was most generally affiliated with ones. Obsessive compulsive disorder is difficult to diagnose because sometimes similarities can occur with other issues. So the best way to get the diagnosis is to get a psych eval like I used to do, but you can go to any mental health center and they usually have them. And then another way to do it is your doctor might use the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, and that's done by the APA. And there are so many people from all disciplines that work in this to make sure on a volunteer basis, actually, that it's accurate. And it's been out for a while. And this may be the last one. There's obviously been five, but we keep learning things over the years, almost like the periodic table. As I keep relating everything to chemistry these days, they're pretty much both complete, but there may be little things added here and there. I think especially with COVID and with um, the hypermodern world we're living in, we may need to add a couple more things, but they they were able to get video game issues into this last one. But you can also learn from a physical exam. Just your doctor can give you that diagnosis when you say, hey, I'm really struggling with these things. And some of the things I'm referring to might be that you are dealing with unwanted thoughts and fears that lead you to do repetitive behaviors. And the fears are the obsessions, the behaviors are the compulsions. And this is not just little things where you're like, oh, it took me two minutes. It's big things. Sometimes you're like, oh, it's a vicious cycle. And I keep having to do more ritualistic behavior. And I'm really worried and embarrassed and ashamed. And I'm so sorry if you're dealing with this because this one's tough. But I want you to understand that you can get help. And that's why I was telling you, this is an anxiety disorder and anything in that class is generally treated quite a lot. So I want to give you encouragement and, you know, make sure that you look at, there's a difference between being a perfectionist and somebody who has OCD. They're not just excessive worries about real problems. They're things that are truly interfering with your life. So it's okay to, to struggle. Some of this is biology and genetics, quite frankly. And if you have family members who have this or any of the other disorders that we're going to talk about today, that's part of it all too. But you can get care and you can go to mayoclinic.org and type in obsessive compulsive disorder and you can get care there. And nowadays you can get online care. So you are covered, but I want to let you know that if you're struggling with it, it's treatable. And that's something that not only with the ones I want you to be cautious about this, but I also want you to be thinking about, like I said, PMDD and mood disorders and mood swings and trying to understand that sometimes it's not just your family struggling with things, but that it's you actually needing to get some. I know a lot of people are actually being blessed by CBD oil lately. My husband tells me a lot of his patients report that and probably a lot of you report that. But um, but CBT therapy, where you are working on how to deal with the unwanted thoughts and the automatic thoughts and how to 
to change those thoughts back into healthy thoughts. So some of you are doing this work just at your church because you're like, oh, there's scriptures that line up with that. But either way, do your work and try to understand that addictions ones can struggle with are excessive use of diets, vitamins, cleansing techniques, under eating for self-control, and in extreme cases, anorexia and bulimia, alcohol to relieve tension. I've talked to you guys a lot about ones trying to relieve tension through alcohol. So it's not something that I'm angry about or need you to feel controlled with, but I do want to let you know that it's really something to watch out for with ones is drinking a whole bottle of wine at night because that's something a lot of ones have reported that they feel that they almost have that justification to do because they're saying at the end of the day, I'm so exhausted. I've put in so much for everybody else. Try to make sure that you're really cautious about limiting yourself to the smaller doses of whatever you're taking unless your doctor says you need alcohol medicinally, which is a very rare treatment nowadays. Um, I want you to make sure that you're really moderate like you try to be with everything else and try not to let that one side of the house not know what the other is doing. Try to say alcohol is okay in moderation. I don't have to hide this from myself. It's perfectly fine as long as it's in small doses. Okay. Type two, the helper. We know you guys are hearing and you're so kind and we know that you want to help others and often you're called the giver. But sometimes we know that when you're at the hardest levels, you can even correspond to histrionic personality disorder and factitious disorder, which we'll talk about in just a minute. You can also have somatizations of your aggressions resulting in chronic health problems, which means you vindicate yourself by falling apart and burdening others. So being uh, feeling abused, victimized by others, you can get bitterly resentful, angry. A lot of you guys reported as twos, feeling burnt out, lashing out when criticized, anxiety, generalized anxiety, dysthymia, which is low-grade depression, depressed mood disorder, depression after abuse. So you know your stuff. I'm proud of you guys. You know your stuff. Um, You know your addictions can be abusing food and over-the-counter meds and binging on sweets and carbs, overeating from feeling love-starved, and extreme cases, bulimia, and also hypochondria to look for sympathy. So these are some things that twos can look out for and feel like I'm deserving of this because I've worked so hard, but it's actually um, self-fulfilling prophecy to get a disorder on top of everything else you're already dealing with. And if you don't know what factitious disorder is, it's a disorder in which you pretend to be sick by self-injury or making yourself sick. It's pretty rare. Most twos don't end up getting that, but you might say, oh, I can relate a little bit, but commonly around ages 20 through 40 and treatments can help you manage your symptoms, but it's exaggerating your symptoms, dramatically presenting them, faking them, willingness or eagerness to have diagnostic tests or procedures, and only you have the symptoms while you're being observed, sometimes just acting out for attention. And so it's so important that you give yourself attention as a two and that you understand that it's okay to not give that you understand that it's okay to say I have trauma and I'm dealing with that. And then we also have histrionic personality disorder, which we don't see a lot of in culture. And sadly, there's not a whole lot of Instagram accounts with this, um, but there's a lot of research on the web. So that's the good news. It's just don't try to find everything at Instagram. I think you probably know this, but it's pretty common and treatment can help. I think counseling is probably the very best treatment for this. It's all about a person who's seeking attention, dramatically strong opinions, influenced easily, thinks relationships are closer than they are, may cry excessively at a drop of a hat. I'm not talking about the Kleenex commercial, but um, somebody that we know and love bawled when they met me and uh, another young woman. And 
it was because they were dealing with this disorder and this person isn't even here anymore. So I don't want to dishonor them at all. Yeah, none of these disorders should dishonor us. But it was a person who loved us and wanted to show us that she loved us. Upon meeting us, there were just a lot of tears and exclamations and rapid shifts in emotions. And so that's somebody who you might say, okay, I didn't realize that this was me or I have few little traits like this, I'm going to kind of chill out. So sometimes you're not so stuck in it that it's rooted as a personality disorder like this, because personality disorder means it's deeply rooted. And so some of you might just be starting to do these behaviors, or maybe later in a season in life, you're going to notice yourself saying, Ooh, this is kind of coming out in me. So you can watch yourself and try to back up a little bit, especially if it also involves, which often does happen with histrionic disorder, inappropriate, seductive, or flirtatious behavior and self-centeredness. So I think that's really important that you realize these things were caused a lot of the time by traumatic experiences like a divorce of your parents or death of a close loved one. Sometimes it's inherited and you see your family member, especially females, acting out like this. It's more common in females and it makes you feel unable to love. This person that I know was unjustly criticized and punished as a child. So we have to have compassion for these things. And we have to understand that people who struggle with them really do need time with a mental health professional. And they probably might even need meds sometimes. Sometimes they're prescribed anti-anxiety drugs and antidepressants, just like the ones with their OCD. So you do have to be careful that you understand Getting into a therapist is, if you're dealing with something this severe, really important. You deserve that. You deserve that too. So make sure you get the help you need if you're struggling with that. And like I said, now that I'm moving on to threes, the threes I've known and loved have dealt with anxiety a lot. And the threes here on IG really haven't opened up yet. So I'm thinking they will this week. Once I share about others, you've got to remember threes don't like being vulnerable. So thinking about doing an online quiz, even though I said it's anonymous, might feel a little like a shaming event for them. And I've had threes, a lot of them cry when they finally get a chance to be with a safe person because they're caring so much and they're trying to succeed and they will succeed, but they can often have deep anxiety sometimes. And please understand that when you feel like they might be lying about something, they might not even be aware of it, that it's really anxiety or agoraphobia where they're saying, I want to do something with you and I want to show up big for you but they can't leave the house. They're not doing a good job with that. And of course, what the Enneagram Institute follows that up with is that sometimes there can even be narcissistic personality disorder at the very most severe when they're really not knowing themselves very well. They could even exhibit psychopathic behavior. So that's important for us to know. And that is, of course, like these extreme levels are that's what they are. And we're all looking at ours going, oh my gosh, that's not possibly me. But it's not. It's just if you're at your absolute worst as a person. But the addictions that are more common with the three are overstressing the body for recognition, working out to exhaustion, starvation diets, workaholism, excessive intake of coffee, stimulants, amphetamines, cocaine, steroids, or excessive surgery for cosmetic improvement. The threes, they do deal with narcissistic, like I said, personality disorder. And a lot of you might not know what that is. So I'll go over that briefly. Narcissistic personality disorder 
is one of the several types of personality disorders where you have an inflated sense of your own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a lack of empathy for others. But behind this extremity is a fragile self-esteem that's vulnerable to the slightest criticism. So something that's been on my mind lately, and I took to my group, if anyone's listening from this group of therapists in the in one of the networks I'm in, and one of the things I said was, I really have a desire to help. I do this anyway when I'm working with couples because I do work sometimes with people who have narcissistic tendencies, but I just feel like there's so much research out there for the victims of narcissism and there should be, obviously and absolutely, that's huge, but I just don't want to leave the narcissist alone. These people are hurting and wounded and that sentence hits me that they have very fragile self-esteem that's vulnerable to the slightest criticism. So even though as a seven, I want to run from that and I don't want to like, oh, I'm going to subject myself to that because I feel bad for them. But it's just a matter of, I do believe that every person deserves help. And I want you to know that most threes don't struggle with this, but if they did or whatever type you are, sometimes you do hear a seven struggling with this. I do believe they're worthy of help because every person, we want them to do their best. Every single person, no matter who they've hurt, you guys know that even in prisons, we're trying to reform people, obviously. So I think that's super important that we recognize the God nature of every person, that the God breath is in everybody. And we all have potential to be creative and loving and caring and ministering, even if we have to do it in a very small bubble, because maybe we are in prison and we don't get the chance to do that out in the world anymore because we've lost that right. But maybe we can serve within these walls. So let's try to give some grace. Also, just a little bit more about NPD is it can cause problems in many areas of life, obviously, and they might be generally unhappy and disappointed when they're not given special favors or admiration that they believe they deserve. So this is somebody who exaggerates their achievements and talents and is preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, or the perfect mate. They believe they're superior and can only talk with equally special people. They monopolize conversations and belittle or look down on people they perceive as inferior, taking advantage of others to get what they want. We've seen a lot of this classically in movies where you're like, I can't believe they did that. Um, And some of you know people like this. They insist on having the best of everything. They get very raging or angry or impatient if they don't get what they need. And again, I'm getting this from mayoclinic.org. There's a lot of different people out there, Leslie Vernick being one who specialize in helping you to understand if you're living with somebody with this or how you can get some help if you are somebody struggling with this. But again, I think most of her work and others work around this is for the person suffering from being with somebody like this. So let's try to remember if you're somebody with this, it has more objective research and rightly so because we do need support groups for just people who have been affected by this and just for people who are somebody with this. But we can say if you have childhood trauma, get treatment as soon as possible, participate in family therapy to learn healthy ways to communicate and to cope and attend parenting classes and make sure if you do that you try to stay focused in on what you're doing in those parenting classes and don't try to get with somebody in those parenting classes because that'll just make things a lot harder but it does affect more males than females and it often begins in teens or early adulthood and some kids show symptoms but that's typical of a kid it doesn't mean that they'll go on to develop this and 
sometimes we don't know why it's caused, but sometimes we think it's biologically based and biologically vulnerable children or parenting styles that are overprotective or neglectful and genetics, neurobiology. So please give some grace and also understand that when you are complicated in this, you can have relationship difficulties that are huge and problems even at work and drug and alcohol misuse and suicidal thoughts and sexual stuff. So you just have to keep doing your work like the rest of us. We're all going to do our work together and try to be as strong as we can and try to be as vulnerable as we can. So the type four individualist, when they're at their worst, I know this corresponds most to depression. The fours that I heard from said the same thing and also dramatic anxiety and PTSD. And the fours that I've known have definitely struggled with PTSD. That's been big for fours. And the addictions they can struggle with is overindulgence in rich foods, sweets, alcohol to alter their mood, socializing, drinking alcohol just to socialize and for emotional consolation, cosmetic surgery to erase rejected features, lack of physical activity, bulimia, depression. And they can really struggle with avoidant, depressive, and narcissistic personality disorders. So we're going to go through depressive disorders briefly. Depression, major depressive disorder, is a mood disorder that causes persistent feelings of sadness and loss of interest. And it can also be called clinical depression. And it affects how you feel, think, and behave and can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and maybe give you trouble doing normal day-to-day activities and feel like life isn't worth it. It's more than just the blues, but be encouraged, fours and others that most people who do struggle with depression get treatment and get help and feel better with medication, psychotherapy, or both. So sometimes it's exhibited, as I said, with feelings of sadness, angry outbursts, sleep disturbances, tiredness, lack of energy, reduced appetite, anxiety, slowed thinking, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, trouble thinking, frequent or recurrent thoughts of death or suicidal ideation, unexplained physical problems, and sometimes it's severe enough to cause noticeable problems in day-to-day activities. We always give our Enneagram support tips. And so you can go back to the four episode or many great podcasts and resources that have great steps for you. But if you're feeling like you really need to get some help because A, it's COVID and everybody needs help right now, or B, you just need the help period and you always have, make sure you do call that 1-800-273-8255. That will help you a lot too if you're feeling like you're on your personal edge and you need somebody now. And that's so important. You can also, of course, call your own mental health professional and use the resources I shared. But your friends and close loved ones want to be there for you too many times they're with their kids and things like that. And you have to remember, it's not because you're not loved if they miss you, but it's just because they're ministering to somebody else in the moment or finally getting their rest. So make sure you are getting support with a professional if you're not with them. And if you're a veteran, you can press one to reach the veteran crisis line on that 1-800-273-TALK line. So that's important for you to know if you are a four, that we love you and we want you to be get your help and not to be stuck in shame. And we want you to be here because you are so beautiful and worthy of sharing your beautiful and idealistic gifts. And we know we want a world with you. You make it a better world, even if we can't have the perfect world. Fives, you guys, of course, in the anxiety triad did talk about anxiety, depression, guilt, and just feeling like you wish you could give more than you can. That seems to be a frequent occurrence with fives who are like, oh, I do want to get help. I do want to make sure that I can help others, but I feel like I don't have enough resources and they can have avoidant personality 
disorder when they're really feeling like I can't give, I have to stay away. But you guys, obviously your best are focused and innovative. So even if you have a disorder, you can still be a help and a blessing in the world. Avoidant personality disorder, also known as AVPD, is a disorder characterized by feelings of extreme social inhibition and feelings of inadequacy and inferiority. It's very common. Treatments can help manage the symptoms and you can actually find a little bit more information, like I said, not only at Mayo, but Healthline and WebMD. And I'm just sharing a few more today because I know that people who really do struggle with being a five in their harder moments, they want the research. So there's lots and lots of places that can get you that, but it's a group of conditions known as personality disorders, like I've been sharing, and they're enduring patterns of behavior out of keeping with cultural norms that cause suffering for an individual or those around them. It's got marked nervousness and fear, chronic feelings of inadequacy, high sensitivities to being negatively judged by others. Uh, They want to interact with others, but they tend to avoid social interaction due to the fear of being rejected by others. Sometimes we don't know exactly what causes it, but genetics and environment do play a role. And we think that it's been passed down in families. And sometimes we think shyness lasts into adolescence and adulthood and just reporting past experiences of parental or peer rejection, which can obviously impact a person's self-esteem and self-worth. And sometimes these people can be oversensitive and easily hurt by criticism or disapproval and only have a few friends and exaggerate problems and don't try anything new because they're afraid with their poor self-image of failing at it. Treatment is going to be also getting the psychotherapy that you need. And sometimes you might be prescribed an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety med to make sure that you are getting the treatment you need so that you can do your job and live in the world and not feel like you're too overwhelmed. And of course, I'll be sharing some things where people said over IG what has been helping. And I'll be going into this in the next week too with what they're dealing with. Six is you guys, we love you for your loyalty and your preparedness. And sometimes you guys know that you struggle with things that are beyond your control. And that's always hard because you want to be able to control, but you do have the tendency to become paranoid or anxious. This is no surprise to you. The sixes that were in our survey said that they have situational anxiety. I had lots and lots of you just say just anxiety, anxiety, shame, depression, anxiety and depression, generalized anxiety disorder. So I'm just going to go through that one because that one is a good one for a catch-all. And I think that it's really important for us to know what is GAD. And it's normal when you feel anxious from time to time, especially if your life is stressful. Sometimes you might be diagnosed with adjustment disorder, but excessive ongoing anxiety and worry that are difficult to control and interfere with day-to-day activities may be a sign of GAD. It's possible to develop it as a child or an adult, and it is similar to panic disorder and OCD. So it's nice to be able to get that exact roadmap and treatment. But also the good news is that even if you're experiencing these symptoms, like I've said with other anxiety disorders, it's treatable. And a lot of us are experiencing anxiety right now in COVID. Like I said, three to four times the amount of people typically. So you're not alone. Sometimes the symptoms include fatigue, trouble sleeping, muscle tension and aches, trembling, nervousness, sweating, nausea, diarrhea, irritable bowel syndrome. I have a lot of sixes with physical issues and stomach issues. And sometimes you're overthinking and planning and difficulty handling uncertainty and asking others for what you can do and 
it's important to see your doctor if you're dealing with all this and it's interfering with your work and relationships because the causes are not your fault. It's usually differences in brain chemistry and function, genetics, differences in the way threats are perceived. It's all about personality too. And if you have a timid or negative perspective, or if you're the type to avoid danger, then you're more prone to GAD than others. And we also know that sometimes you've already experienced significant life changes and traumatic or negative experiences or chronic medical illnesses that can increase your risk because you're like, I know what it's like. I've heard so many sixes say, yeah, I've had it happen to me already. And I already know it's possible. So it's hard, but we don't want this on top of it because it can zap your energy, increase your risk for depression, take your time and focus from other activities versus just getting you going on your treatment plans and making you do your regular work. It can really take your focus away and give you more headaches and digestive and bowel problems and We've seen people with cortisol levels up. If you remember our episode with Lindsay Palmer at Your Pharmacist, who's a six who talked to us about the importance of rest. So just make sure you understand that there's lots and lots of these that look alike, phobias, PTSD, OCD, depression, panic disorder, and Luckily, there are great ways you can get help. You can keep a journal. You can do a routines and priorities list. You can avoid unhealthy substance abuse. And you can also get help medically with therapy as well as with anxiety meds or depression meds, depending on what you're dealing with. Okay, so sevens, you guys reported anxiety and ADHD, and I think I'm going to hear from more sevens as well, but these are my reports so far, and I think a lot of the time sevens don't realize that they are feeling anxious like I've shared on here before. Obviously, we love you for being fun-loving, optimistic, and enthusiastic, but carried to an extreme, it can even become manic. So since I just went over anxiety, which is, you know, first of all, understand that you have anxiety as a seven. It's just hidden beneath your joy. And I'm not trying to take away your joy to say that to you. I'm just trying to help you to understand so that you can deal with it when you're feeling like, oh, what's happening to me? So whether it's anxiety, whether it's bipolar, which is another word, the, the word mania comes from manic depression that's now called bipolar. And there's different levels of bipolar. So you can look in the DSM for that. But really, you can also just go to Mayo Clinic and you can understand that people do have a lot of hope and help when they have bipolar, but sometimes people go untreated with it. And we do know that your dopamine and serotonin levels are off. And sometimes you have these high highs and these low lows when you're having bipolar. And in with your ADHD, if you have that too, it can really be an issue for knowing, wait, what is it? Is it that I have bipolar? Do I have anxiety and panic? Do I have mania? It's like, this is hard to differentiate sometimes. So what I really want you to do is understand that visiting a doctor can help a lot with this. When you just say, hey, you do screenings all the time. Can I get a screening for you? And if they don't have one, say, can I get a referral to a psychologist who can do this for me? And a psychologist is somebody who is going to be able to evaluate you for treatment, but they won't give you meds. And a psychiatrist, like I said, may give you meds right away. And if you want that and need that right away, which sometimes you do, that's a great fit. But if you don't, you might want to go to a psychologist or a therapist first and ask, can you evaluate me so that I can find out? Because if you're having manic symptoms, you could be abnormally upbeat, jumpy, wired, increased activity, energy, agitation, unusual talkativeness, racing thoughts, distractibility, or you could just be ADHD. And ADHD symptoms are so similar 
and often bipolar will be treated with very different meds than ADHD. So you got to really think through this, like, wait, which one am I? Because kids who have ADHD are a little different from adults with ADHD. Kids we know fail to pay close attention, have trouble staying focused, don't listen always. Organization is difficult for them. There's sometimes hyperactivity. Adult ADHD can manifest similarly, but just a little bit different. People that are adults have impulsiveness, disorganization, poor time management skills, problems focusing on a task, trouble multitasking, Excessive activity or restlessness, poor planning, low frustration tolerance, frequent mood swings, hot temper. I think it's important that, like I said, you take a look at your symptoms and say, is this just me being a seven? Is this me needing a label and a treatment plan beyond this? Is this me being anxious and listen to the sick stuff if so? Is this me being manic? I think that slowing down, paying attention, these things We can do them and we can get therapeutic help, but sometimes when you feel like it's not just therapy, I need meds, it's okay to get them. 40% of the people on our surveys that I did this weekend here at Instagram were actually on meds and it's helpful and they're communicating an adult mature way. And so remember that that could be just what you needed and all treatment that's chemical is chemical, even if it's over the counter I was reading, again, my daughter's chemistry book as we're working together, this fascinating book about molecules. And it was saying everything, whether organic or not, it can't be chemical free. Every single thing is made of chemical elements. So I was reminded of that. I thought that was pretty funny. But we do have eights now. When eights are really frustrated, they can be aggressive. When we think about an eight and we think about their power, We think about the good things about them too and all they're doing for our world. The addictions of an aide are that they can ignore physical needs and medical visits and checkups. They can indulge in rich foods, alcohol, tobacco while pushing themselves too hard. And that can lead to high stress strokes and heart conditions. Control issues are central and alcoholism and narcotics addictions are possible. So you do have to pay attention for this. And I will give you just, I think that when we talk about the bipolar issues of other types, especially seven, we think about eights with seven wings also needing to be reminded not to overdo and not to fall into that trap of thinking, oh, well, there were certain geniuses out there who accomplished a lot in the world and they kept going and kept going and kept going and never stopped. But you have to look, did they get bipolar? Were they living maniacs? Were they people who were not social at all and had no good relationship with their children? Did they have tons of regrets when they died? Were they overdoing to the point of stress and heart conditions being something that could have been preventable but weren't prevented? I think you need to look at all that and say, I don't want to fall into any traps with my eightness. I want to make sure that I'm as balanced as possible. And that's our goal for all the types. You guys reported ADHD and anxiety with your eight stuff. And remember, eights aren't probably as vulnerable in surveys like this. And I'll gather more eight information this week. But corresponding diagnostics for eights can be, in addition to ADHD and the aggressive issues we talked about, intermittent explosive disorder is something that is really important to look at. Symptoms are rage, irritability, increased energy, racing thoughts, tingling, tremors, palpitation, chest tightness. What it really involves is repeated sudden episodes of impulsive, aggressive, violent behavior or angry, verbal outbursts in which you react grossly out of proportion to the situation. This isn't just a rise testosterone. This is road rage, domestic abuse, throwing and breaking objects or other temper tantrums. 
And these cause you significant stress, negatively impact your relationships, work or school, and can have legal and financial consequences. So I think it's important that you understand that sometimes treatment involves medication and therapy to help you control your aggressive impulses. And it's important you're, you're having these shouting temper tantrums, tirades, heated arguments, property damage. Your spouse doesn't want this. You don't want this. You might even have some environmental and genetic factors that have makes us understand why you struggle with this. I don't want you to take it as a shaming thing. You may have had even a history of physical abuse. People that have antisocial personality disorder can struggle with this, borderline personality disorder or other disorders. And sometimes you even have ADHD with this. So it's important to understand, hey, how can I do my life if I have this? And how you can do it is you can stick with your treatments. That's really important for AIDS to remember. They want the control and that's understandable, but you do have to stick with your treatment because the doctors are there to help you. And compliance is a huge issue for people who do well. It's be compliant, take your meds when you're supposed to. Try not to think of them as a weakness, but as a strengthening and be grateful for them. Do relaxation techniques, do some CBT, which is just developing new ways of thinking with a specialist and use your own problem solving tactics and look at your life as a scientist. Change your environment when you need to. Take a break. We know all the John Gottman research on flooding and marriage and testosterone. So you're all the time learning how to improve communication, also avoid mood altering substances. So these are some things not only eights can do, but anyone. And I hear about this all the time with all of our different types struggling. Nines, we know we love your peacefulness. We know we love how you're diplomatic. When you're at unhealthy levels, you can have dependent personality disorders, schizoid personality disorders in the sense of just saying I'm out of here and I'm checking out and I'm not, you know, just depressed or anxious, but I'm actually separating from myself a bit. So you want to really watch for that. We obviously want you right here with us. And you know, the nines in my survey didn't talk as much about that out of body experience. What I heard from the nines was lots of anxiety, insecurity, sadness, dysthymia, which is low-grade depression, generalized anxiety disorder, anxiety always present. Somebody mentioned anorexia. I had a few say depression and depression with COVID onset. So you can see there's a wide variety, but I'm just going to mention that this one for nines, but really for everybody that when you're depressed and anxious and not treating it or manic, then you can have the bigger symptoms of hallucinations, delusions, disorganized speech and behavior, catatonic behavior, unable to move or dazed, negative symptoms. So I really want you to understand that these are when you absolutely need to go get some medical attention. And honestly, they're treatable. In the old days, you could stay at a mental health facility for a long time. Nowadays, it's a revolving door. And I want to say that to comfort you, to let you know there's a way out and there's a way back to yourself. But the biggest tips I can give you are all in all with all of the, these disorders and the things you're doing is relaxation techniques at home, daily body work where you're getting in your body and saying, I'm here, I'm going to do the five senses, I'm grounded. You can get the Soul Time app if you're anxious, but get out there and do some cardio if you're doctor says that's okay. Do some calming. Don't do cardio and then say, why is my heart beating fast? Do cardio and then understand you're going to be up for a while. Watch your caffeine. Stand up for yourself so that you're not being 
totally overtaken by somebody and feeling like I do need to escape out of myself. If you spend time in fantasy, create minimal boundaries for it so that you don't stay there. If you're addicted, any of these could have addictions with them. And we really didn't have time to go over all the addictions, but I want you to understand that we really know you struggle with this. And that's why us clinicians and coaches are out there and you can get help from us too on a regular basis. So you say, I know I have my weekly visit where I'm going to share my stress. I know I'm going to take my meds as needed. And some of you shared over the counter or biological supplements you get from an actual prescribing physician or physician's assistant. And some of you just shared, you know what? I'm just winging it with my Enneagram work. And that's awesome too. 60% of you said that. But I just wanted you to know that we're here for you if you need And you are important and you are valuable and there's a lot of genetic factors that play in, but you also play in with a lot of your choices that you make. So there's no nature or nurture argument. It's both. So do the best you can to nurture yourself, to stand up for yourself in your marriage when you need to, but also to be gentle and kind and loving to others in your family so that you're not saying, oh, everyone in this family knows that I really struggle with aggression and I'm throwing things and, or I'm so ADHD and I'm so out of control with it because I refuse to do my regime that we all know works. You know, show that part of yourself that you can do it. And I know that was my mom's biggest challenge when she was raising us was just knowing how stressful her life was and knowing so many things and, you know, finding out she was the black sheep of the family, so to speak. And maybe we'll talk about that in another episode, but that was a huge difficulty in her life. And her just saying, you know what, she called one time to find my brother on the roof retrieving a baseball. And she said, I'm coming home. I want to be with my kids. And that's a family story that really started our family into a healthy direction. And I was blessed to be part of the aftermath of that. But, you know, we have to make decisions sometimes for our children and families that are very difficult to take our meds or to take responsibility, even though we didn't start the fire. And that's okay because, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg doesn't necessarily matter as much as what matters is that you do your work to the best of your abilities and God does handle the rest. I mean, he's not dependent on us. There's a Sabbath for a reason. You get to rest. You get to sometimes say, I don't know what I'm doing. You get to take that time to say, you're God, I'm not. Um, Give me wisdom about what meds I take or don't take. But remember the basic practices you do have, the self-care every day, emotional, spiritual, physical, Remember to do your marriage work with your spouse. I give you a lot of freebies. You can go back to my reflectionscc.com website to past blogs and find tips and tools. You can go to my Enneagram and Marriage uh, website and get lots and lots of tools. All so many things. If you go through podcast episodes, you're going to find. You can also DM me at Instagram if you ever need quick mental health tips. I have to do my work too so that I can't always answer you individually or right away. So that's why I gave you those resources for the other numbers so that you can make sure that when you do need somebody right away, that they're there for you. So I'm just going to share those one more time. The suicide prevention line is 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. And I also want to make sure that you know to go to nami.org. If you're looking for mental health resources, I also want you to be able to go to the Mayo Clinic and they have so many great resources online for you to look and not only what is the diagnostic, but what is the treatment plan? And then talk that out with your psychologist or your therapist or your coach minimally. And then make sure you also visit your doctor. It's probably time you've probably not been 
since before pandemic. And it's probably a good time to say, hey, I'm struggling with either hormones or moods or whatever it may be. Can you help me? Can you help me to get on the right regime? And if you want all natural help, then go to a functional medicine doctor or wherever you like to go, but make sure that you do your work. So that way you are at your best. I hope you have such a great week. This was a very big podcast. Make sure that you also check out this other podcast that we have going right now, which is all about mental health in the church. And there's more story and conversation to that one. I know this one was more clinical and I was putting on my old therapist hat, but I really feel like this is important in Enneagram circles to hear this. So I wanted to make sure we did this work together too. And I hope you now have an even better week because we're getting you on that road to healing and health always. That's our goal. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.